Blog Talk Radio.
For that man that doesn't have a place to stay For that little boy living with AIDS Can I tell you a story, tell you a story You can lean on me There's a man Standing on the corner He has no home He has no food and his blue skies are gone. Yes, it is. Can you hear him crying now? A girl searching for a father and a friend. Praying that soon, someday, will it? But instead of Today, God bless you, special guest. How are you this Saturday afternoon? What's going on, Reverend Lamar? You all right? Pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. We are glad that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to share with us on today. For those that didn't catch that voice, uh, tell our listeners who you are. Hi, I'm uh, Elder Franklin Williams. From Charlotte, North Carolina, a youth pastor at Family Life Worship Center in Aiken, South Carolina, where my pastor is the Bishop Dr. Jehazel Williams. Awesome. Well, we thank you, Elder Franklin Williams, for sharing uh, with us on this uh, Saturday afternoon. And certainly there is so much going on in the world. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you have a lot to say. And certainly we know that you uh, work very closely in the ministry and this several things that you do in the ministry there in Aiken, South Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your ministry there. Um, well, first, I'm a youth pastor, uh, newly appointed probably about two years ago. Um, but prior to that, and still in that current position of an outreach director at the church in our community, uh, we do several things. I mean, it's been going on. My parents have been in ministry probably about almost 50 years. Uh, it was 48 of last, of last month. Um, so we actually all my life I've been in ministry. So as of right now, we moved probably about 18 years ago to a new church, and we kind of increased our ministry. We are currently in the process of building a new building, a gym um, that will house our after-school program. And uh, we actually sponsor a school, which is directly across the street from the school, elementary school, that houses probably about over 400 kids. So we normally do every year. We try to 
actually meet the need of the school, whether it be through underwear, through uh, food that supplements the Second Harvest Food Bank, or as for the after-school program. Uh, we also give out annual turkeys. We feed about 150 to 200 families a year each year during Thanksgiving. Uh, we do three quarterly giveaways where we try to feed between 100 and 150 families. In addition to that, we give out free sneakers, brand new sneakers to the children across the street. Uh, we do so much. Um, it's, it's a long list. I don't want to take up a whole lot of time. <laughs> awesome. And so tell us the need in our communities for outreach. How did you come upon that particular area of ministry or passion for helping the community? Um, well, like I said, it's, it's in me. I'm a PK by nature. So I've seen um, the outreach from I can remember, for I can comprehend my parents giving. Um, so it's in me. It's in my core. It's cultivated in me. Um, and I just love people. Um, it doesn't matter what age, what color, what creed. Um, what religion, I just love people. And just loving on people and being that example what God called us to be. And that's giving. First he first gives, he first served in order to save. And that, I think that's in me. Awesome. That is uh, well said. And so um, what is the response that uh, you find from people in the community at these particular uh, events when you're giving them items that sometimes we take for granted in our everyday lives that so many people out there don't have, and certainly uh, uh, recession and uh, unemployment and homelessness and uh, pandemic has hit uh, the world in a different way uh, than we've ever experienced before. And I'm sure there's been some changes even within the past year or two. And so what has that been like? Uh, well, the first thing a lot of people say, um, we normally do, like I said, we go to a, a city a quarter within, a, within South Carolina and Georgia. Um, so the last thing we went to was around Christmas time. Uh, what we, we face a lot is a lot of poverty, a lot of lack. And some people a lot of times just on a, on a tough, having tough moments in their life. As we normally get is why. Why are you guys doing this? Um, a lot of times when they're going through systems within the government, you got to show your ID, social security numbers, things of that nature. And that's the first question. We say, hey, we don't need anything. They try to show us the ID. It's just, this is what we do. This is what we do. Love on people and give. Try to meet the needs. And what that does is just creates a moment in their life where we can spread love. Um, and it's just why. And we always say, hey, we're just here to spread love. And if you don't need it, spread the love to somebody else. Pay it forward or pay it backwards, however you want to say it. Um, just, just showing love. I think that's the biggest thing. We're missing that in this country um, in a time of need, in a time of hate in a time of pain where people are suicidal. Um, just hate you simply for the color of your skin or what you worship or what you believe or how you look. Love is what we're missing, and we're supposed to be the problem solvers, the solution. We're supposed to have the answers to the, the answers to the problem in the world. And I think that's what we're missing in the body of Christ and the church, and not only that, but just in every area of our life. Awesome. Uh, that is uh, definitely well said. And so we are, you are addressing not only the spiritual need, but the human everyday need of people. And would you say that sometimes we forget the everyday needs of people sometimes in ministry? Of course, of course. I think, one, just to back up to answer your question, I think that the body of Christ has lost their way in the sense of, we haven't become a place of refuge, a place of need, a place of love, a place of miracles, a place of blessing, um, a place of compassion. I think that's what who Jesus was and who he is still today. 
And if we believe, we are believers, we have the same spirit within us, and we're supposed to exhibit that fruit. Um, I think we have lost our way as far as saying, of looking at the need of others, taking your lens, I tell my wife all the time, taking your lenses off, putting on somebody else's shoes, and say, hey, what would I do in that position if I was in that, in that place? How would I want to be treated? Um, would I want to be shown love? Or would I be shown compassion? Um, just point of just being encouraged to say you can make it. Um, God is still living. He's still on the throne. He's living through us and in us. And that's what we're supposed to live our life every day. Awesome. That is that is well said. And so while we're out there, you're out there in the community, and certainly you're expressing love in a tangible way uh, to people that may not. And as you said, some people want to know why, why. And so we are surrounded by many people in churches and ministry and government agencies. And sometimes when people are down on their luck, so to speak, or they're going through a hard time, people want to further abuse them and bash them and belittle them. And so it seems like, you know, you meet people that, you know, it becomes a normal process to them. And sometimes it's hard for people to accept when they are really getting genuine love and services. So I think that's an awesome thing that you are doing there for your community and surrounding communities and schools as well. And so in addition to outreach, uh, you're also the youth pastor, and that is a little bit of a different role. And so tell us about youth ministry. And so being a young person yourself, you have a different perspective on youth ministry because a lot of times people that are in charge of young people, they aren't necessarily so young or sometimes they are detached from a certain age group. So tell us about that. Um, well, it, it is. It's a different hat. Um, outreach is, is, is everybody. It's the community itself, uh, different demographics, different age groups, economic status. Um, dealing with the youth is very tricky in a sense of you have one set of people to deal with, one group set, and a lot of times one mindset in some cases. Um, I think the trickiest thing is not changing the message. I think well, a lot of times when you see people dealing with youth, they change, they get the message and the method mixed up. Um, that they have to change the message too or water down the gospel. The gospel should not be watered down. It is what it is. I think where we've gone wrong between the generations bridging the gaps with the baby boomers, the millennials, and the Generation Z is the method. Um, they think a lot of times the method will damage the message, and that's not true. I think the best thing to do is always stick to the message, but you can you can deliver it in different ways. Um, we we seen that in the pandemic. Um, it's more than one way to get a pizza now. It's more it's more than <laughs> one way to go to a meeting. <laughs> um, it's, it's different ways, but that does not neglect what you're receiving, and that's the word of God. The gospel, where the generations get it mixed up, the method and the message. Well said. And have you noticed? In this particular season, in your travels with outreach and with youth ministry, have you noticed different effects? And, and being a parent yourself, have you noticed different effects on young people due to the particular season that we're in? Um, most definitely. I would say uh, mental health. Mental health. Um, it has affected us in a lot of ways, not only just in the adults, but the youth. 
Uh, because we, we live in a we live in a land that's free, that's open, and this has been the I guess the only time in humankind on this planet that we've been faced with this. Because we can be honest, I mean, I've been to a lot of countries. I was in the military prior to this. Um, I spent seven years. We're the we are a free country. We are we are spoiled. Um, we have everything at our fingertips, regardless of what we think. Um, and we faced that before, and I think that took a toll on mental health. I think not only the adults, but definitely the children, um, youth, young adults, um, not being able to be near my friends, not being able to go to the playground, not being able to go to the party, not being able to, to maybe pledge or be part of your sorority or fraternity. Uh, those things took a huge impact on our mental health. And that's for me as a father. Um, it made me reflect how I live my life and how I move forward going from this point. Awesome. And so, so your message to other parents in this type of season, what would you say to them? Uh, some advice, just something that attention. you've learned. Well, I would say pay attention, be focused. And I know that's, that's just a general blanket statement. But, and when I say that, in every area of your life, be focused in every, be intentional about what you do, how you treat your body, how you handle your mental health, how you handle your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, how do you handle your children. Um, pay attention. Because a lot of times what I figured out, daycare was raising my kids. School was raising my kids. Being a dad, I thought, being a good dad, which I was raised, you provide. And don't get me wrong, that's just a small piece of the puzzle. But being attentive, being, being there, not just being in the house, but being attentive emotionally, mentally, not just financially, that's just a small piece. And knowing in my life, I didn't know how bad of a dad I was, how bad of a husband I was, how bad I handled my body, um, how I handled my mental health, how I dealt with stress. And so I would say the answer to that, focus. Focus in every area of your life and be intentional, compartmentalize. Awesome. I think that is very true that we should be intentional because sometimes we just go through life, as you said, we take care of the things that need to be taken care of, and we really don't take a breather and say, listen, look, sit back and look at the situation. And by the time, most of the times that we look at a situation, uh, the damage is, is done. And, and trauma is real. I was just having a conversation with someone. Trauma is real. What happened to us on today affects us tomorrow. It affects us next week, next year, years down the line. And certainly we do have to step back and take a look at our life, our situation, and make changes. And because if we don't make changes, things and situations spiral out of control. And certainly it is too far gone for us to deal with it when it happens. And so uh, we thank God that you are aware and attentive. And certainly you can tell other people uh, what to do and how to handle their situation. What we're going to do is we're going to take a brief break and certainly we'll come back in a few minutes and we'll continue our conversation with Elder Franklin Williams, Family Life Worship Center, Aiken, South Carolina. Stay tuned. And if you have a question, comment, concern, when we come back from the break, that is your time. 619 Stay. What do people really know? What it means to really 
it's just kind of a Kirk Franklin kind of day. And so we're back, and certainly we've been talking about love, family, uh, ministry, uh, community, youth. And uh, we thank God for all of you that are sharing with us in the conversation. Uh, Elder Frank, what would you like this generation, uh, being a PK, and that is a story and uh, episode in itself for another time, but as being a PK growing up in church, for those that don't know what PK is, the son of a preacher or daughter of a preacher or uh, children of the pastor, um, what are some things that you would like this generation to know? And I know you talked about um, Christ's message never changes. What are some things that you would like this generation to know that perhaps you had to stumble across or that didn't happen in the previous generation as we move forward? in life and in this world? Um, I, I would say, um, well, I would two things, if you, if you don't mind. Two things. One, Got keep time. God first. We always hear that. Um, we always hear that first, uh, keep God first. We always hear, it's like a cliche thing, you know. But I really didn't understand that until I got became an older man, an adult. Um, I used to hear that all the time. And that's something I think we don't really understand as, as a young person and how important that is. Um, because a lot of times being a PK, everything was no, everything was a sin, everything was wrong, and it was never my second part would be balanced. It was never balanced. So when it's one sided, it, it, it's just it's a lopsided. sided. The scale is not even. That hey, skating is not wrong. Um, hanging out with your friends is not wrong. Um, but not having balance, um, putting God first, making sure God is always first. Yeah, it's nothing wrong. You can hang out with your friends. That don't mean I got to go out and do coke or, or do meth and get high. But it's balanced. It's balanced. I can have friends. I can I can go to a party. I can go to a skating ring. I can go to a basketball game and have fun and have true natural fun and still honor God with my mind and my body and with my money and every aspect of who I am. And so when I was released as an 18-year-old man to get out of my parents' house, <laughs> I didn't know balance. And I didn't want anything to do with God because I heard it was God, 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 God. And if anything outside of that, you're going to hell and you're wrong. And so my parents were staunch um, Pentecostals back then. I mean, they've grown. They, they've understand the message of grace now. Um, but everything was wrong, everything. Um, everything from Chief Sweat to People Bryson to everything was wrong. <laughs> I mean, it could have been R&B. It could have been rap. Yeah, LL Cool J was wrong. You're going to hell. And so that's not balance. Um Everything has a purpose and intent and, and the content. Um, and I say those boxes because if they don't check those boxes, that doesn't mean I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I said, being intentional. And so I would say, one, keep God first. Never leave him. Never put him aside. Never put him in the waiting, waiting area. Always keep him first. And then when you get older, you will understand that how important he is in your life. And you'll see that it's because I woke up this morning because I have a job, because I'm breathing, because I'm walking, because I'm talking. It's him. It's not that I'm great at sports because of my parents are this way or my dad's LeBron James or I grew up in a certain neighborhood or I was exposed to certain people. No, it's only through God that I am who I am. And it gives me that balance because once I know my identity in Christ, I can live a true, fulfilling, free life. Because he says in the Word, he says, 
who the Son sets free, I'm free indeed. Not through Amen. my actions, but what he did on the cross. Amen. Yeah. I, t I totally agree with that. Uh, that is a well said, and I think the key word that you used is balance. And we have to be balanced in every way. Too much of anything is not good for you. And um, with balance comes discipline. And a lot of times people do, um, when we are overly uh, churched or overly religious, it causes people to go off the deep end when they do have freedom because they don't have freedom. And some people go out there and they don't come back. Uh, but certainly it is a blessing that we are able to, when we are able to come back and understand that balance and certainly know God for ourselves, um, because we can't get to heaven on somebody else's salvation because what works for me right. may not work for you. I'm sure you agree. Right, right. Most definitely. You, that's a mouthful right there if you don't mind me interjecting. Um, Go ahead. And I only knew my parents, I only knew my parents' God. I didn't know God for myself. I didn't know what they meant. I was I was just serving their God. <laughs> and so I didn't know who he was for me. And that's why when they say put God first, put God in everything, it's like, no, I'm here because you're feeding me. I'm here because you're clothing me. This is your God. And so when I became a grown man and got on my own, yeah, this is your God. I don't want no part of that. And when I get out, this is just what I'm going to do. I'll put God. I'll get with him later. And so I didn't understand. And so they didn't give me that balance. Not saying they're bad parents. They were bad teachers and leaders. But that was that, that was that area in their life, that season in their life. And so they were saying, this is the God you should know. No, that's the God you know, not the God that I know. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And so since we're on that subject, Let's uh, give some shout outs today. Who would who would you like to shout out? Who has influenced you in uh, life and ministry? Uh, helped you find that balance? Um, to be honest, man, first my parents. I mean, they gave me life. Um, they were the first people that introduced me to God um, to give me the basics of the gospel. Um, of course, them, my mother and father, um, Bishop Jason Williams and Viola Williams, uh, First Lady, co-pastor at the church. Um, my siblings. Um, my wife, uh, Melanie, my two daughters, um, Ava Grace and Madison Clare, um, and even some televangelists, man, that helped me free me. Um, I know everybody has a different taste. You might like lemonade. I might like water. <laughs> right. Um, I would say people I've never met, uh, Creflo Dollar, um, he's helped me in my walk. Um, uh, definitely Keith Butler, Bishop Keith Butler. Um, also uh, Mike Freeman, um, Dr. Mike Freeman, uh, mm -hmm. the deceased great. Uh, Apostle Fred Price, senior. People mm -hmm. that of that nature, the Word of Faith guys, help free me understand the grace and understand my freedom in Christ. Um, and I ain't saying go out there and do heroin and <laughs> and sleep with a hundred women, but I mean understand who I am, and my right. life can be fulfilled through Him, and and through Him, and, and everything's possible. That that is an awesome uh, message, and that is an awesome way to put that. Uh, we thank God for your life and certainly your ministry and certainly that you are out there and that you're able to connect with community and with other young people. Are there any upcoming events that you would like to share with our listeners or tell our listeners how they can participate in the outreach ministry? Oh, man, we, we are always doing something in the community. Uh, we have something coming up, three locations. I know you guys are located in different places throughout the country, and you there in New York. Um, but we're in South Carolina. 
Aiken, South Carolina. We're about maybe 40, 45 minutes from Columbia, South Carolina, which is the capital of South Carolina, and about 20 minutes from Augusta, Georgia. Um, so you can catch uh, us on Facebook. Our events are up there on Facebook. Um, Alive at 5, my parents are there teaching the Word for about 30 minutes every week, every Sunday, and on Thursdays at 7. And you can donate. Our cash app is out there. You can look at the things that we're doing. Um, we're in the process of getting our website back up, doing some things like that. But we also have things in the community. We have on June the 11th, we have Security Federal Bank that's coming out to teaching banking one-on-one about credit and budgeting and how do you handle your money. Um, so we're going through this series right now of tackling the whole man, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. We just had a health information session with two doctors, licensed doctors who come through. Um, we just brought a licensed broker in to talk about health insurance, life insurance for people in the community and the people within our ministry that don't have that. Um, and also we got another thing coming up, a CPR class and a financial advisor that's coming to the church to help people that invest, learn about 401Ks, uh, wherever they are, college programs for their children, things of that nature, man. We're just in a, in a stand right now. And also, we're going to do a weight challenge. So, I mean, you can join in with us. Um, like I said, you can catch us on Facebook, Family Life Worship Center, and all information is on the website on fam- and Family Life. So that's pretty much it, man. We have a whole lot. It's just so much to mention, but we're, we're, we are a – we don't have the largest ministry, but we, we have this. Let me back up. We have not the biggest membership, but a large ministry. I would say that. Awesome, and certainly it is not about how many people uh, that you see. It is about the effectiveness and certainly how many um, lives that people touch, and as our topic suggests today, reaching and teaching. And so I think the most important thing is uh, that you are doing a work in the community and because Christ really didn't call us to be inside the four walls of the church. So many of us have missed the message but, you know, people don't they may not come inside the church. They might not know what you're doing there. But certainly I believe that if you're out there doing something that is helpful and beneficial to those out there, that will cause somebody to come in and say, oh, you know what? Let me see what these people are doing inside here because they're coming right. out here right. and they're thinking about little old me, you know, and so many times right. people forget about the bigger picture. And certainly when you're small-minded and closed in, there's no balance in ministry. Back to that word balance. There is no no balance in your ministry and your life if you're forgetting about those uh, that are outside. Um, I'm going to uh, give our listeners uh, one more opportunity to uh, call in. Our number in studio is 619-924-0800. We're going to take a brief break again and then... We'll be back and we'll uh, wrap things uh, up for this Saturday afternoon. And we want you to know that in case you missed anything, just be reminded that we are archived. So immediately at the 2 p.m. hour, you can come back and listen again. Love lifted me. Stay tuned and we'll, and we'll be right back. So I came down and gave the Lord my heart And the preacher my hand It was love 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 
love lifted me. Uh, certainly, Elder Frank Williams, uh, you come from a uh, family that's a little bit musical. What is the important, uh, importance of music in ministry, in your words? Um, man, ministry, I mean, music in ministry is very important. Um, as we know, that helps set the atmosphere. Um, it changes it changes minds. It helps change hearts. Uh, people don't understand that. Um, music can change everything about who you are in that moment. Um, you can go into a point of putting uh, some style music on to the point of turning R&B on, um, to putting a rock song on if you're dancing, if you want to be motivated. Even working out, you don't turn on, um, at least I don't. Let me just speak for myself. I would turn <laughs> on if I'm out in the gym working out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just right. not going to turn on uh, Beethoven if I'm going to run a mile. Um, music plays a great part in the ministry. We know that even in, throughout the Bible, ministry, um, music means something to ministry. It sets the atmosphere. Um, a lot of times my wife used to ask me, before you preach, it's always songs. It's, you always want to sing a song because it changes. It changes atmosphere. It catches attention. And I think it's very important, very important. Awesome. Uh, that is uh, well said. Yes, music. And I think I think I've been told that Mozart and Beethoven make for good study time. I don't I I don't know if right, anybody right, right. Sus- <laughs> subscribes that subscribes to that or not. But classical music helps your mind while you're studying. But uh, right. You know. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't do it while I'm running. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's going not yeah. going to make you want to run. Trust me. Trust yeah, me. That is right, not running right. music. But uh, <laughs> again, uh, yes, music is important, and certainly it is a part of what we believe. And there are some, there are some denominations out there that don't believe in music. They don't believe in instruments. Uh, you know, that's that's their thing. But as a preacher, it definitely does help to have some type of music before you sing, because as you said, it does change the atmosphere. It makes things a little easier, and sometimes. When you go to minister and you're in different environments, sometimes the environment, the the waiting congregation is not sure about you, and you're not sure about the congregation. It kind of lightens the lightens the load, and um, it is important. Well, uh, certainly we have yeah, most definitely enjoyed uh, sharing with Elder Frank Williams, and certainly uh, we want you if you're in the area if you're in Aiken, South Carolina ever stop by Family Life Worship Center and certainly they are a blessing to the community, a blessing to others, certainly a blessing to me as well. I've stopped by there a few times and certainly we thank God for the southern hospitality there at Family Life Worship Center. And certainly we thank you, youth pastor Elder Franklin Williams, for sharing with us and also sharing all that you do in outreach and certainly uh, I'm sure that they will be delighted to see you on tomorrow in service uh, if you're in the area or if you are listening. I'm going to let you, Elder Frank, uh, give us your closing words in your own way and uh, and, uh, we are going to let you pray us out and then uh, we know tomorrow it's Pentecost Sunday, so I'm going to let you all listen to some good hand clapping, foot stomping music uh, for a few minutes after that. 
Elder Frank, it's on you. Closing right. words for today. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Appreciate it, Reverend Lamar. Um, I would say two things. Um, first, show love. I, I'm big on love. Um, I'm big on loving people. And that's what Christ called us to do in order, in order, like I said earlier, in order to save, you must first serve. In order to lead, you must first love. And I think those are two things that Christ showed us to exhibit here on earth and through the word of God. And I think we need to get back to that. We are made to be peacemakers. We are made to be, uh, have the answers, to have solutions to problems. And as we can see, the world really needs us. And we've taken a step back, not a step forward. And now it's time for us to step forward and be who he called us to be, um, his son and his daughter, with authority, with power. And that's the same spirit that he's given us, he's left behind for us. And we have to step in and walk in it. Two, I would say what we talked about earlier, um, getting the message out there, changing the method. Church is no longer within the four walls. The pandemic has showed us that, that it's no longer about flooding the gates to come to church because people don't want to come anymore. It's no need. Right. Like they don't want to go to work. You think they want to come to church? No. Um, they say it's no need. I watch you online. If I don't, and so be it. That we have to change too. We have to be innovative and strategic in what we do in ministry. And God is calling us to that. It's no longer the culture coming to Jesus. We have to take Jesus to the culture. And sometimes that might change the method, and it's okay, but we're not changing the message. And I think those are the two things that we need to think about and keep in the forefront, the way we do things, how we love people, how we serve them, and how are we delivering the gospel. Are we delivering the gospel? And I think who we are and what we are, people watch, people look. And so we should be living a life not only through our words and our deeds, but not only just in our actions. And I think that's what we need to be, be vessels, true vessels of Christ. And those are the words I have for everybody. I love everybody. Um, I love people. That's who God called us to be in. And Reverend Lamar, I want to give you a shout out, honor you for having me on, thinking enough for me to put me on. And I really appreciate it. And to all your listeners, show him support, show him some love, because he's a, he's a great man of God. Awesome. Lord, I certainly I thank I, you. You want to be, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, certainly, yes. I want to thank you and uh just shout out to you as well, uh, for being a blessing to the ministry and all that you do. My cousin actually, uh thank you, cuz. Yeah, yeah, we family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like family and it's great yeah. when family can share in ministry as well. Uh but again, thank you. Yeah, God man, bless you. Time. Uh love and prayers to you and your family. All right, you can uh close us out. Yeah, blessings to you, brother. And I bless the people of God. I, I pray a blessing over you, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to build love and camaraderie, to exhibit who we are in the earth, not only through this program. I pray that this flows. I pray it grows through massive leaps and bounds that numbers come in, um, that in endorsements, uh, sponsorships. I pray for the people, the ones that are going through something right now. I know it's a lot going on in the earth, God, but you still are the king. You've given us power. You've given us authority. I pray that we walk in it. I pray that we appropriate our faith totally into you and what your son Jesus Christ did on the cross and, and really appropriate and live our lives through what you've given us. Really understand who we are through you. Understand what the grace and mercy that you bestow upon us every day. I pray for those ones that are having suicidal thoughts at this moment, that they be wiped out, they be diminished, they be demolished, dismantled from their mind, and know that they are loved, that they are loved through Jesus Christ, what you've done for us, because you've given your life for us. 
I pray that you put people in their path that is led by the spirit that will love and serve them, not only through the word, but through deeds, through money, through food, whatever their need is that we bear and we meet the need and we do it with love and we be consistent about it. Not only just doing it to be seen, but doing it through love. And that's what you called us to do. I pray for each every one that's listening to my voice that's, that's down and out, whether it be financially, whether it be mentally, whether it be physically, that he died for it. We accept our prosperity. We accept our healing. And we accept the eternal life, the salvation, that great gift that you've given us. And anything they can imagine or think, they can be accomplished and done through you, your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Tune in next Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, enjoy the hand clapping music. God bless you. God bless y'all. Praise God in this house. Anybody came to have church tonight? Want to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you didn't come to praise God, you better find somewhere else to sit because the road you're standing on is a praise road. Anybody come to the praise on tonight? Anybody come to have some church? Find somebody else and say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I came to praise the Lord. Now come on, clap your hands and praise Him. Clap your hands like the devil between us. Well, we got a song around here at the Citadel that says, come on, saints, let's have church. Anybody come to have church tonight? Come on, let me see you put your hands together in this house.
to get us in the mood for Holy Ghost party. Anybody come tonight for Holy Ghost party? And we so open up with souls like we come to glorify His name. And we're going to try it out tonight. Uh, we come to glory. Revive His name.
just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.